Buenos días, good morning, and this is Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez and my co-host, my brother, my friend and partner, Tim Flirty. This is the talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truth of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. Welcome back. We're Beyond the Walls. I'm your host, Tim Flaherty. We have another week with my brother, Pastor Martin Flaherty of Deer Flat Church. And of course, my fantastic co-host, Israel Rodriguez. <laughs> now you sounded like me. Or, oh, wait a minute. It was me saying it, right? Yeah. And Timoteo Flaherty. Perfect. Perfecto. So we always start the uh, show off with a question of the week. This uh, being the given season and talking about Martin's work beyond the walls in Belize, one of the things that I, I, it's it's always hard for me to define. You know, how do we know that we're helping? Right. I I think sometimes there's this fear, and and it very well could be an unjustified fear, but a fear nonetheless that we inserting ourselves into the lives of the people that we're trying to help could do some unintentional damage. So what I want to ask the question, Pastor, is, you know, we do a lot of work outside the walls of the church. We are in the fields with the migrant workers, we're with the homeless on the streets, we're with the international students. How can we know that we are helping rather than hurting. And then I want to have Martin answer that question too for the work he's doing overseas. Yeah, I believe that this is the result of a group of uh, questions, not just one. You know, how do we know that we're helping? It's very important to identify and and humbling, uh, uh, understanding uh, in a humble way what poverty really means. You know, it is it's very easy to fall into the trap of believing that because uh, some others have more material resources than the poor, that we must also have more knowledge, faith, intelligence, education, work ethics, etc., food, for instance, or clothing, you know. But if we have, if we have the basic necessities, uh, uh, food, clothing, and shelter, it doesn't neither mean that we're superior than a beggar. Who lived on the street, Brian Fickard, uh, author of When Helping Hurts, he said this, pay attention to this, poverty is the result of relationships that do not work, that are not just, that are not for life, that are not harmonious or enjoyable. Poverty is the absence of shalom in all its meaning. You know, poverty can have many faces and uh, it's not necessarily the lack of material things. Some of us are relationally impoverished by uh, because we don't have a community. Some others are suffering poverty because we don't have an intimacy with the Creator. This is a spiritual poverty. Some others uh, are mired in insecurity and self-love in, in, impoverished by uh, the lack of sense of that your worth, you know, you're, you're worth it. We need to understand that in a broken world, poverty is in many forms and is common experience among mankind, rich or poor. How do we define that? 
absence of the material things we don't have. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God first, and then the rest of the thing that we think we need shall be added unto you. Pastor Martin, would you please share your experience on your trips to Belize to address this particular question? When do you know, how do you know that you're helping rather than hurting people? Or, or Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I think it's an important question. I think it's a question that people need to kind of keep in the back of their mind and sometimes bring to the forefront to ask because you don't want to hurt. Um, you don't want to tear down. You're, you're coming there to help or to build up. I think for me, one of the most important things is to stay humble. To stay humble when you go. Don't think that you know better than the locals or the natives. They they live there and they do this all the time and you're you're a visitor. And so making sure you, you keep the right mindset, you keep the right humble position and and you just you submit yourself to them and to their leadership, uh, to what they're doing before you ever got there and what they'll be doing long after you're gone. And so you're coming in um, kind of as a spark or as an encourager or as some, some temporary aid that maybe or a long-term investment. But, but making sure that you're asking the right questions with the right attitude and then being willing to follow through on those questions. When you ask the question, when would you like us to come? Rather than saying, hey, we want to come during this week of the year or oh. during these dates. This is what we have available. When you ask the question, when is it best for us to come to you, you've got to be ready to go say okay to that when they say, look, the middle of August. This is the hottest time of the year. You know, but that's when we need you, right? Or these dates. Well, that's kind of more expensive airfare at that time. It'd be cheaper if we went the next month or the month before. You've got to be willing to do that. When you say, hey, we want to do this, but what do you want done? If they don't go with what your idea is and they really have a different idea, you've got to be willing to then be humble and submit and say, okay, we will use our funds for those things. I think it falls in the category of, 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 of an honest examination of motives. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it all fits into it. So what is it that they're expecting to, to take place and what is it that we can do to serve them rather than becoming a burden? And I've been on trips or I've tried to do trips where, where I've had people tell me, hey, don't come don't come. It's not a good time. It, it, it's not a good time right now. We don't have the resources. We don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the fuel, the food to host you. I've had uh, other trips, uh, they say, come anytime. And I've had other trips say, hey, come at this specific time. You know, And so you just got to be sensitive to the organization, the missionaries that you're working with, the churches down there that you're working with, and be willing to, to, to bend to their will. I've I've built latrines, you know, that was, the, we took a whole mission trip and all we did was, was build outhouses for people, you know, that was what they needed. That's what they were doing. And what you got to humble yourself and do. Yeah. Focus on relationship is very important on this kind of services, you know, because some of us serve the poor by writing a check or some others by teaching, some others by personal di discipleship, but whatever is the role that we're playing in helping someone in need, we must remember that change primarily happen in relationship over the long haul. I, you know, doing this work for the last decade or so, I've really come to appreciate when somebody says to me, you know, how can I help you? And then follows that up with, you know, don't just don't just say whatever I can give. I really, you know, I want to help. So what is it that you truly need? And boy, the, those are two different things. Really, really, truly are. But I'm always cognizant of when, when we put together, you know, some sort of effort locally here, are we causing any sort of harm at all? 
and I, I look out for that because I don't I don't want people to grow dependent upon us. I don't want people to become you know sort of you know secure that we're going to be there every every moment of every you know I think that really happens dependence you know and then enablement of any sort of ambition really can come out of an an effort to help and it's really unintentional I think most of the time when that does occur so with that we'll be right back hey this is pastor Dave McGuire from Deer Flat Church if you're looking for a welcoming community where you can explore your faith or you want to deepen your relationship with God, come check us out in Caldwell, Idaho. Our Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. and 1045, and you're going to love the setting. We sit out in the middle of farm ground. Our members at the church offer such guidance and friendship and support as you journey on your spiritual path. Find us online at dearflat.org or stop by for a visit today. Hey, this is the church, the perfect church for imperfect people. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to the Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot O-R-G. And we're back with Beyond the Walls on this new Saturday. December 2nd, 2023. We're December already, man. I know. And we're, where, where did time go? So, anyways, we are here with Pastor Martin and uh, his uh, stories and encouraging stories on these different trips. Talking about Belize, leading a first team of 26 adults and building a library, bringing all these different kinds of books and bringing knowledge into the community by serving the, the kids through the local church there, empowering the local church to reach out in the community and be a light, you know, in, in the world. But there was a second trip. Martin, this is the first time I believe and the time that I have known you that you're leading a second group to the same country, but now uh, with 52 people. and. Yeah. The, Tell us about it. So what's funny is back in 2019, we took a trip uh, to Belize and we had 60 people go and we're like, that's just too big. We need to break it up and do it smaller. And then, you know, you had 2020 happen, 2021. So 20, this this year we're, we're going back, we're going to bring two groups. We'll bring a group of just adults and then we'll bring a group of, of teenagers and adults if their parents want to go or things like that. Well, we still ended up taking 52 people on the second trip and 26 on the previous trip. So we just just brought more people than than before. And so it didn't really quite help us get a smaller group. Um, but we went down to a town in Belize on the coast called Dangriga. Give me an idea just so I can understand this. You, you fly in, you're all on one aircraft? Yes, we work with the airlines to take, we buy 52 tickets or whatever it might be. We fly in all, all on one aircraft. This time we had some real trouble with the airlines. Uh, they canceled our our flights and made us change dates, complete dates, and things like that. It was a real hassle trying to get down there. We're just gonna reserve the name of the airline. So <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, anyways, well, we don't I wish to I put them on blast. Yes. I wish I could say it was one particular one, but on our previous trip, I flew a different airline, and they did the same <laughs> the thing. Same thing. So oh, it's, I think it's just the airline industry in general is you know struggling. So you fly down there. You fly into Belize City. Yep. And how far is Dangrika from Belize City? Well, it used to be farther in the sense that they didn't have the coastal highway open, but they just opened up the coastal highway uh, recently, and so it's a lot less. It takes about an hour and a half to drive 
from Belize City down to Dangriga now. So do you put all 52 people on a bus? I do. Yep. And one of those buses you see like in the movies, one of those like Central American buses that just looks like what you With imagine like it would look like. The chicken on top it, and the, yep, the stray dog and, and the, the bus. And the, was it now, was it a local bus driver that you hired? Yeah. Local bus driver, local bus, local, you know, and, uh, and then I have a, I hire a, I rent out a 15 passenger van as well so that we have something smaller for, you know, running around getting materials or emergencies or transporting people to do things. And so we have that. And then generally we have a, a local church has a pickup truck and a trailer for luggage if we need and things like that. So, and uh, on, on, on this trip to Belize, it saved you the, the, well, I, I wouldn't say it saved you, but somehow you didn't have the need of translators because this, even though it's in Central America, English is the first language spoken in Belize, so that helped you a lot in terms of logistics. It's huge, and it's one of the reasons why we chose Belize when we were looking for a, a country to go to and to invest in. Um, it's it is English is their primary language. It was a British colony, and so it's wonderful because you can share your testimony with people, and you can encourage them in faith, and they can do the same to you. And when you're working alongside them, you can say, "Please hand me the hammer," or whatever it might be, or, or talking in the. You know, how, the, how, how do you say "please hand me the hammer" in Spanish? Por favor, pásame el martillo. <laughs> martillo, <laughs> martillo. So no, but it's really huge because when we're working in the school and we so for I'm going to back up to our previous episode last week, but when we went to the school in Belmopan, there was a teacher who got sick in the middle of the day while we were there, and she had to go home. And one of our American teachers who was down on the trip stepped in and substitute for her oh, the rest of the it. day, like so because she spoke English, the kids spoke English, she could read the curriculum, and so it was an awesome thing to be able to serve in that way and an awesome experience for her as a, te as a public school teacher. Yeah, that's so a great really highlight. Cool. It's a highlight on, of that trip. Eh? Yeah, it really was. And so anyway... You show up to the airport, you're in Belize City, you get on this bus. Yeah, yeah. And then hour and a half down the lovely Belizean coastal highway... What's that like? Is it the air, is it air conditioned? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, but and it's just funny because the the kids, you know, a lot of them have never you know left the states, and many of them have never been to Belize, particularly if they even have left the states. And so there's a lot of things they're seeing for the first time, they're hearing for the first time, they're smelling for the first time, and their brains are on overload as they're trying to process this developing country that they're in and all the differences that come along with it from. Oh, that's not a deer crossing sign. That's a jaguar crossing sign. You know what I mean? And so, just things like that, even small things like that, are a huge experience for them as they stretch their their experiences and stretch their mind to the world so, beyond themselves. So where do you you get these fifty two kids? Where do you, where are you staying? Is right. it like a Holiday Inn or what do we got? <laughs> so actually, yeah, it's um it's a pretty nice resort. It's the only resort in Dangriga. Dangriga is not really a tourist town. It's more of a like a a native town it's a shipping town export town it's it's kind of more of a blue collar working town in belize it's the third largest uh city but it's not really a tourist place there's only one hotel uh really and so that's the pelican resort and so we uh rent out the whole resort and we've got a big group and we just book all the rooms and block it out and that way there's a lot of reasons for that but one of the greatest things is that we know everyone who's there is part of our group and our party and we get the beach to ourselves and we can build a bonfire and do worship around the fire at night and all the hotel cooks all our meals and it's really really conducive to bringing a large group down like that what's the gratuity like on a tri on a on a hotel rent out situation <laughs> you know i what's really crazy about belize is it's a huge tourist industry and you ask them like hey do i tip on this or how much should i tip and i kid you not they must be in their training they all say the same thing i get paid for what i do already anything you give above and beyond that is okay as long as it's from the heart 
And they say that in every restaurant, every driver, uh, every person who takes my luggage. They all say the same thing. I get paid for my work already. You don't need to tip me, but if you want to, anything from your heart's fine. That was something we could use here, especially when they bring you the machine to tip from <laughs> 25% and above, you know, at some places. So, But anyways, just uh, coming back to the reality of the trip, Tim. When are you gonna come to Belize? <laughs> I think next year. Are we going next year? We might be. We're we're prayerfully considering a trip in uh, next September, but but nothing is for certain. So, so. You, you yeah, I mean, the, uh, those listening out in Radio Land and and if you're a fan of the podcast and you you've you've heard me talk, I do not like to travel uh, coach, if you will. I, I, uh, you know, okay. I, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I gotta be honest with people. So well, you really like this trip, Tim, we stayed in a resort, I air know. conditioned rooms, catered food. Okay. This would have been great. But what was better than that was the preschool we were helping get their doors open. I mean, they had been, we were working, sorry, we were working with this organization called starfish outreach, and they've been trying to build this preschool since before 2020. Um, and they broke ground and, and things just got delayed because of the pandemic. And so here it is 2023 and they're, they're this close to opening their doors and getting their permitting and they just needed some encouragement, some help, some muscle and some money to just get them over the finish line. And so they we came down the first week of August and they were hoping to get everything done by the end of the month, you know, four weeks of work to get open for school uh, in September, the first part of September. And, uh, you know, our team came down and they worked hard and they just, they crushed it. And what was amazing is by the end of the week, while we were still there, the inspectors came in and gave them their occupancy permit that week while we were there. Wow. Uh, we got a whole month wor- wor- whole month's wor- worth of work done in one week because of how hard these teens and these adults worked it was really really cool what is the wages for a worker a local worker in belize yes yes i i uh, hope i don't get this wrong because i hate being wrong but nobody belize, will know <laughs> well they would if they google it up and check me but belize has a minimum wage that the by law and it is five belizean dollars an hour which is two dollars and fifty cents american for for a person who works construction, does does the wages? Does the minimum wages? I believe so. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. you have fifty two young people there with you, and well, you didn't have how many young people did you have? You had fifty two total. So how many? Yeah, there was people? like thirty teens and twenty adults or so. Like, thirty because there were parents involved and things like that. It was great. I you know I remember being a teenager, and you could probably get four, five, six hours out of me, and then pretty soon I'd be saying, well, there's a beach over there. and So tell us you're there for a week. How did it go in terms of the commitment of the youth? I mean, you got it. You got a month's worth of work done. Did they stick it out? I mean, did they get any time on the beach? What's happening here? So proud of our our teens and our group. And I I mean, I I love this every time because I've taken so many trips with with teens from Deer Flat and from uh, Southern Idaho and things like that. And every time the missionaries come to us like we've never seen kids from america work this hard or work this well or not complain and so yeah we get we were getting to the job site at 8 a.m working till three because the heat and humidity you got to quit at some point um and and we had kids in rotating groups and so they weren't doing the same thing necessarily every day and so they'd be in teams of five or ten and there's a mix of teens and adults and some of them are are doing cement and some of them are doing electrical and some of them are doing septic work and some of them are doing a, a vbs in the park across the river and some of them are doing painting and some of them they're just doing all these different projects and so it's really really great and then you've got to keep them hydrated you got to keep them well fed and you're going to give them that 
carrot at the end of the day like hey we're gonna when we're done we're gonna we're all hot and sweaty and dusty but we're excited we're gonna go jump in the ocean together we're gonna play volleyball we're gonna paddleboard we're gonna we're gonna rest we're gonna eat some food things like that what was, so. you know belize is well known worldwide for being a snorkel like juggernaut so did you get a chance to do any of that we we did um it was great we found we yeah the answer to your question is yes uh, and how that kind of panned out was we had them again on these rotating teams and so um of the 50 people i just broke them up into you know one group every day uh, 12 people a day could go could go snorkeling with this guide and that would give them a break through their work week as well if they wanted to they didn't have to go they had to pay a little extra to to go snorkeling but i mean it is a, a beautiful uh, barrier reef that they have there second largest barrier reef in the world after the great barrier reef of course and so it is really a lifetime experience to go and, and visit something native like that in the country and so it's part of the experience especially if you're from the mighty metropolis of caldwell and or wilder or wilder even yeah. better yeah. So tell us, you, you know, concrete, electrical, you get the whole place opened. Was there something that you were just amazed by? Was there a miracle that happened on that? I, I, I find often there always something that occurs. Was there something miraculous that occurred? I don't think there was like something where you're thinking like that type of miracle for us, but for the, the missionaries that were down there that had been working on this for four years trying to get it done, us showing up and having that kind of impact was a miracle to them. You know, they, they were floored. We went so far beyond their expectations of, of what they expected to accomplish that week. And to get that occupancy permit, get across the finish line like that, um, was a miracle to them. And so it was great to be used by God to bless them in that way. Are you going to go back again? Lord willing, we, we have plans to. We also got uh, some plans, you know, Israel uh, and I, and actually you're coming with us to Puerto Rico. So we're doing a scouting trip there. Uh, we're going to Mexico this next year. Um, and so... You know, Lord willing, yeah, the answer is yes, um, but we just got to be patient and see what, what develops. We'd love to go back uh, and visit and see the ministry that's being done in the facilities that we've helped contribute to. If somebody wants to help you financially, you know, oftentimes there's, there's I always say, I'm always the one saying this because I know from a radio interaction perspective, there's there's you know, that's kind of the thing that they can do. If they're listening to this, maybe they're across the world or the country or the community. If they want to help, how do they, how are they going to get in touch with you? Tell us that again. So again, you can get a hold of me through Dear Flat Church. Um, you know, they you can leave a message there, call the phone, call the office and leave a, a voicemail. What's the phone number? I You know, I don't know the phone number. It's okay. in, in my phone, but it's online. And you can go to dearflat.org. Yep, and you can email me at martinflaherty at dearflat.org. But I'd say the best, best way you could help is to come. Come and join us on a trip. I, I, I can answer all your questions. Like if you have any concerns, I'd love to talk to you about that. But I think the best thing would be for you to come and join us on a trip. It'd be really, really cool um, for both you and for us. And the second thing is if you want to contribute financially, you can sponsor you know, maybe a teen who can't afford to go. Kind of talked about that in the past. Or you can say, hey, what are you doing on your next trip? And maybe what we're doing on the next trip is something that sparks an interest in your heart or your soul. He's like, I'd love to give to that. I know one man um, who was very generous, owned a roofing company in the area. And uh, he's when we went and were building roofs, he helped sponsor a roof. He bought a building. You know, like he, it was very, very kind of him and generous of him to do those kinds of things because that resonated with him. What resonates with you? Maybe it's a library or maybe it's something like that. Right. And of course, you know, I always, I, I, I always like to let people know, you know, that 
that the teens that go on these trips that they they very often will do local service work with the church through the homeless shelters or yeah. you know, some some other organization that is a worthy organization and uh, then the church will then help ease their burden by giving so many dollars per sure. hour that they contribute and we don't generally don't do the traditional fundraisers of car washes or or auction dinners or things like that or selling candy bars we don't generally do that we actually i should say we generally don't we don't do those things what we do is that we provide service opportunities for teens to go and work and to serve and then we pay them for that service through uh scholarships for their trips well thanks for sharing with that uh with us martin pastor israel we have about a minute left you want to just Heavenly Father, we pray and uh, we thank you for providing encouragement to our leaders and organizations for uh, mission trips. Would you please continue to helping us remain faithful uh, with the teens you have entrusted, each one of us. Let us to be examples in speech, in life, in love, in faith. Give us discernment to deal with any problems that may arise. Father God, uh, we lift up missionaries overseas, people that you have called away from their homeland to follow you for your purpose in their life and to the lives of those they come in contact with, just as you did with Abraham and, and as he heard your voice, not knowing and what he could find in the journey ahead of him. Just be with us and remain with us and all of them who are overseas that they may know Jesus, they may know the gospel, and they may turn their ways back to you, God, and they they may be granted the gift of salvation and eternal life. Thank you for all those who are listening to this program. Just be with them and bless us on this weekend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs>